morning. It's real interesting how that we haven't talked, and I haven't been here for a week or two because I've been taking care of some family business, and yet the sermons still have the same kind of theme to it as our class this morning and as we even did here with the Lord's Supper. This morning we're going to take a look at imputed righteousness because, you see, I've been talking about that we need to have the vision of heaven as we travel this road down here so that we are faithful to the very end. But we also have to have the acknowledgement of salvation. And I've been talking about the joy of salvation. This is something that we all need to have. But we have to have the realization of imputed righteousness, too. Because this is part of what the world wants to take away from you. The world wants to turn you against God and make things like he's angry with us when he's not. Because he sent his son to do what I couldn't do. Now he created me. He created this body. He created you. And he gave us our minds and our bodies and our abilities and all the things we have. And he allowed us be in this world, and the world's influenced us. But at the same time, he's given us his word, and I won't hold up a phone, it's a Bible. <laughs> he's given us his word that he might influence us. And so when you and I, we drink of the spirit of Christ through the word of God, he comes and abides with us. And when we come into Christ, and we're baptized into Christ, and we're walking in Christ we're sinless before God now does that mean that you don't have sin in your life well, that's not true I had sin in my life last week because there's things we leave undone and there's things that we don't do but there's things that we do and so we're not perfect and we never will be but our aim and our strive should be just like what we studied in class this morning. That would be pleasing to the Father like the Lord was, because He was in every way. And when we walk and we strive against sin, we walk and strive towards righteousness, you know, practicing righteousness. Because the Bible tells us if we practice righteousness, we're righteous as He is. Because He's the one that gives us that imputed righteousness. So let's talk about what imputed really means. Because you see, there's no way that I can be righteous in and of myself unless I have Christ. There's no way that I can offer anything to God unless I have Christ. Because everything is through Christ. And that's how it's imputed to me. Because when I'm walking in the Lord and I'm relying on the Lord, then his righteousness is given to me. My sins are not counted against me. Now, I'm trying to please the Father. I'm not walking in rebellion. So we have to work on disciplining ourselves, but it's disciplining Like I said this morning, the world's out here with all of the chaos that it's in, but that's so that God gets them to just look up a little bit. They're being spanked severely. That they might just look and recognize that there's a God. But you and I, when just God disciplines us, it is to refine us. 
and to bring us closer to him. You see, he loves me. He loves you. He gave his son for us. But he doesn't love my sin. And he doesn't want me to be a person filled with sin. We're to be filled with righteousness. And where do we get that? We get that from him. We get that from him. We don't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. So let's take a look at the word impute first. You can look up in any dictionary. But basically it says to represent someone or something as already being done. Caused or possessed by something something that's possessed by someone, an attribute ascribed, an ascribed righteousness or guilt by the virtue of a similar quality in another. So if two guys go to the bank, one guy's driving and the other guy goes in, and the guy goes in, he robs the bank, the guy that sits in the driver's out there in the driver's, he never did anything in the bank. But his guilt is imputed with this guy. He's involved. Just like when we get involved with Christ, his righteousness is imputed to us. Because it's given to us by him. I can't earn righteousness. It's given to me. I can't make myself righteous. Christ does that. By faith. By faith. Because my faith will guide our actions, just like we've seen this morning in class. You have faith this morning because you came here to worship God with the rest of us. That's a show of faith. Whereas the world has a faith too. But they decided their faith relies in the things that God gives them carnally. So they're out there enjoying the sun and the fishing and the, and the motorcycles and all the stuff we all enjoy, but they're, they're enjoying it to the exclusion of God where we understand and give God the credit for everything we have in our life because our obedience to him comes from the mind and from the heart by faith and so when we're drawn to God we want to please God you see and so Christ's righteousness has been imputed to us in other words his standing before God that he's right before God that he's sinless before God that he's righteous in all those ways is imputed to me. It's like a handicap if you go golfing. Maybe I'm a better golfer than, than Darren, and I'll give him a five-point handicap. That's imputed to me. It's given to him. He's already got it. And we've already got it. We've already got salvation. It's already given. It's already paid for. It's already imputed to us. Righteous. What we have to do is recognize it when we're in Christ. So that we are moving towards God in that highway of righteousness that we're going to talk about here a little bit too. So let's read some of our text and get into this. So it says, what, verse 1, What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he has something to glory, but not before God. All right, so his works, even if he had great works, wouldn't allow him to glory before God. Wouldn't find faith before God. So anything that I do, my great works that I might be able to do of myself, still, even if it was good, will not find glory before God. Will not be righteous before God necessarily. Alright? For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. 
Now, the it there is his faith, his belief. Because what happened? His faith and his belief caused him to do something. Now, your faith and your belief caused you to do something this week, even this morning. Now, there's a lot of us in here riding these motorcycles. They're dangerous. We only got two tires out there on the pavement. And we ride by faith that God has made a man and he's made all the stuff that they can make the tire and we can ride down the road and we get home safe. As long as we don't hit something or, you know, something else happens, it's undue. What I'm saying is we do everything by faith. You have a job. You go to work all week long, and by faith, the guy's going to give you a paycheck at the end of the week, but that's because you earned it. But if you didn't go to work, he ain't going to give you one. But by faith, you know he will give you a check if you do your work, right? But that's carnally. We're not talking carnal. We're talking spiritual. So we know that if we believe like Abraham, like what we're studying here, the faith of Abraham, and our actions follow our faith, and our faith is based in Christ and on God, trying to please the Father. Guess what happens? Christ's righteousness is imputed to us, even though I'm not perfect. Even though I fail sometimes, His righteousness is imputed to me. And I can walk in full assurance and full confidence that I have salvation. And so when I'm turning this world down, as a what? As a testament to my faith. As following the faith that God's given me. As I turn this world down, I can do so in full assurance that I'm not missing out on things. Because God's promised me better than what this world's promised me. But we got to see that by faith, you see. So that we can have that imputed righteousness. Verse 4, now to him that worketh the reward is not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Now there's two things there. Grace is favor, and debt is something that a person owes. There's a total difference in the relationship. For example, you have a relationship with your employer. That is a, a relationship of the faith, but it's of debt, because he owes you. But you also have a faith relationship with your family, and you don't charge them because you made them dinner. Right? Because everything you do is for that relationship. So one relationship is business, the other relationship is family. God's trying to show us the same thing. One relationship out here with the world is carnal, and the other relationship with God is spiritual. And when we have that right relationship with God, and we're walking with him. Our sins are not imputed to us. Our sins are not imputed to us. Because I don't want to have the bad behavior. I want to walk towards God. But I'm human, and you are too. And as much as we desire to walk with God, the world of the devil comes at us sometimes and takes our eyes off the problem. It's not. Every now and then. So we still walk forward. We don't walk backwards, you see. Because we're covered by the blood. We have imputed righteousness before the Father. We have favor. We have grace. We already have salvation. It's already been purchased. Because we're walking by our faith. And if you have a weak faith and you're new into Christ, don't worry about that. Grow. 
And if you have a, a, a mature faith, you've been in Christ a long time, continue to grow. Continue to strengthen. Because this world is just our trial ground while we're here for a temporary period of time. And I'll tell you something. You think about this one. Now, I don't know, it bothers me a little bit. The world's going to go on after I'm dead. Someone else is going to enjoy my stuff when I'm gone. They won't even know how to play guitars with that is, by the way. <laughs> or ride a motorcycle because they're going to crash. Some will crash at things, every one of them. They're going to end up in the junkyard. But people are going to have all kinds of stuff going on when I'm dead gone. So where's my hope? Is my hope in the day after I'm gone, here on this earth? Do I put all my hope in all the carnal stuff? Or do I realize what God tells me? And to come into his son, to walk in that highway of righteousness, in that light, that I might enjoy the imputed righteousness of Christ upon me as I live. Because you see, he calls us to a higher plane. He calls us to a spiritual plane. It's not good, better, and best. It's most excellent. It's a different thing. It's just a, like the relationship between a family member and your employer. It's two relationships, but it's totally different. One is based on merit, and the other is based on grace. You see? There's a total difference. But to him that worketh not, verse 5, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, I want you to just stop right there. I want you to look at that word ungodly. I'm sorry to say that I have to say that I count in that ungodliness there. We all do because we were all convinced under sin. That's what the law came to do. The law came to do to show us how ugly sin is and that there's not a one of us that can escape the influence of the pool of sin a little bit. We're all guilty under the law. And Christ came to redeem us. To buy us back. To purchase us. To own us. Now you own stuff, don't you? You bought stuff, haven't you? And we personalize it, don't we? Buy a motorcycle, buy some special custom parts. Make it your own. Christ personalized us. He's making us his own. He tells me, you got some things on you, Mr. Howard, that probably isn't conductive of our family, of Christianity. You need to work on those things. So he disciplines me. Because he loves me. Not because he wants to crush me, but because he loves me as a son. He wants to discipline me where I will change my mind to him. Not be chased away, away from me. So it's how do I take the discipline? Out of love or out of rebellion? Now, everybody has to work on their own thing. But God is calling us out of this world into Christ that we might walk on that highway of righteousness, that we might have this imputed righteousness from God through Christ by faith. Your works and your actions will follow, just like today. You had a faith this morning. 
And you got up and you got around and you got here. Because you wanted to worship God. You wanted to take communion. You wanted to sing songs. You wanted to hear the prayers and you wanted to learn a little bit about God. Your faith frightens you. Just like the lack of faith keeps people away. Because they have a stronger faith than whatever they're believing in. Whether it's fishing or fun or, or whatever it is. They have a stronger faith in that than they do in Christ. Or maybe they have a strong faith in whatever their false religion is out here. We don't make up our own rules. We don't have it right. We don't. And we don't need to. Because God's given us the best rules there is. He's given us exoneration in Christ. He gives me righteousness, and I'm not righteous. Except in the Lord. And he allows me to have that. And guess what? That brings me up from where I was. Because I can't. I couldn't give myself, and you couldn't either, give yourself the altitude you have in the Spirit of Christ on this earth. Christ does that for us. God's Word does that for us. Verse 5, he says, Worketh not those that don't trust in their own work. He's not saying a person that's lazy. He's not saying that kind of worketh not. He's saying a person that don't trust in his own righteousness that offers that works of the old law and all the stuff that anybody might bind on you. Why? Because we're in a spiritual world now. That old law has been gone now. We obey from the heart the truth of the gospel of Christ. Not the old law. The old law was done away with. He was the finisher. Like he said this morning, he's the finisher and author of our salvation. He authored it. So if he says, and I have righteousness imputed to me, am I going to talk back? Question? Do I have that right? When he tells me, if I do these things, I have imputed righteousness, do I have the right to argue back with him? Because I want to please the Father. I want to emulate the Savior. Don't we want to emulate the Savior? He loved us to the point he had compassion on us. And that compassion wasn't just a mental, oh, I'm sorry they're going through this stuff. We often do that. But he had a compassion that required an action. Everything he did. When he had compassion, it required an action. When he had compassion on you and me, the action was the cross. When he had compassion on those back then to validate himself and establish himself, he healed them. He still had compassion on men and women. That's why we have salvation. He has compassion on you and I. When we have favoring God in Christ, God has compassion, has favor. And we have that imputed righteousness. <clears throat> But to him that worketh not, believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So it's not my goodness. It's not my works. Why? Because my works will fail. Even the best that I do, I'll fail. But I won't fail in Christ. Because then I won't even want to be associated with the stuff of that other world, the carnal world. 
I want to embrace God's morality. I want to embrace God's son. I want to embrace God's uh, uh, sacrifice. I want to embrace those things. Because those are the things that will cause me to have a stronger faith and see beyond the world's facade of nonsense that's trying to keep you away from your Lord. Trying to keep you away from Christ. His faith is crowned to him for righteousness, verse 5. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man to whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Now sometimes we go, well, he's describing somebody else. He's describing a man. No, he's describing you and me. Blessedness on you and me. Where God doesn't count our sins against us. You've got to see, he's talking about you and me, those that following God. Now that may not be able to be said of the world, but it can be said of you and I. Blesses the man whom the Lord will not impute sin. See, sin's imputed both ways, good and bad. Those that are outside of Christ, they're already imputed with sin. Because they don't have the Savior. Sins are imputed to them. When we have Christ, righteousness is imputed to us. You're either in Christ or out of Christ. There's no gray area. It's not about perfection. It's about faith. And faith does what? Faith does what? Faith grows. Or it shrinks back. God says he's not favorable to those that shrink back. But faith grows a little bit by little bit. You know, it's like a child. A child's not able to do something at first. But then, a little bit by little bit, I'm trying to teach my grandson to walk. Because I'm the one who wants to walk before anybody else, you see. And he can already stand up on one leg and a knee, you know. And he's just about got it down. A little bit by little bit, I'm getting him there. Pretty soon, he'll be able to walk. Now, when he first walks, guess what? He's going to trip. You know, he's going to come down. Because he's a baby. And then when he gets to be a little older, four, five, three, two, whatever, he's going to have a little bit more skill to ever know. So we faith. But we have to walk by that faith. We have to want that faith. We have to desire that relationship with God. And desire to cut off the relationship with the world. Because often we don't know how entangled we are with the world until God shows us through faith. And then one day we go, man, I can't believe all the entanglements I had out here when I could have had imputed righteousness. I just need to get away from all that nonsense. Because the world's not helping me. They never will. Verse 7, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven. Hey, we all have iniquity. But we have imputed righteousness. You have iniquity, you have sin, you have imputed righteousness if you're a Christian. If they're not a Christian, they may have goodness out there, but they already have imputed sin because why? We're all kind of sinful under law. It doesn't matter if their name was Hitler or Marianne. I mean, it doesn't matter if it was Manson or, you know, Johnny B. Good. Johnny, do good or whatever. 
You know? It doesn't matter because if they're imputed under sin, they don't have imputed righteousness. They don't have favor with God. They don't have salvation. See, that's why it's important because it's to you as the individual. You can't save me. I can't save you. When I lay there and I take my last breath, it'd be nice to see a face or two. But I'm telling you, I'm not going to be that concerned about it because I want to face God with a good, clean conscience ready to go. Because you couldn't be there anyhow. You can hold my hand at death, maybe, and feel it go cold. That's cool. But you can't help me once I'm gone. Christ can while I'm here. And then he'll help me when I'm gone. You see. And then the world will revolve on, and then I don't have to be all concerned about it. Because I'm not going to make that big a difference in the world. Not my job to make a big difference in the world. My job is to make a big difference in me. And then that will go out and ripple. Look here. I'm an idiot standing up here before you this morning. And you're all listening to me. So you see how God can use a fool for a tool? Thanks, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) But that's all right, because that's the way God can work, you see. Because it's about you understanding God's word and understanding the imputed righteousness that you have and so that you are more inspired and more confident to strive towards God, leaving this world behind. Leaving this world behind. There's nothing in this world that can call you that's more important, that has more to offer than the the sacrifice of Christ. Nothing. Verse 7, blessed, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now, I want you to look at that one, and it says, will not. Now, I write contracts for a living, and I know legalese. And the word will not is legalese. He's making you a promise there. He's making you a promise. You've got to see that. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Why? Because he is imputing righteousness. So you're going to have one or the other imputed to you. Now, now see, this is the facts of the case right here. You're going to have sin or righteousness imputed to you, me. Okay, so I'll just point to me. I'm going to have sin or righteousness imputed to me because of how I... uh, Treat the blood and Christ and my response to God's word in that. Well, I need to learn to take that serious, don't I? Because my faith, the strength of my faith, the strong conviction of God is what's going to propel me along in the spiritual path. Because if your faith is in everything I hear, money and blah, blah, having fun, whatever it is, you know, then that's what's going to propel you along. Because you're going to be propelled along by whatever you love. Now, love's sacrificial. If you love a sporting event, you'll sacrifice anything. Go out and sit in the sun and watch that thing. See? If you love fishing, I remember my dad used to take me fishing. Oh, my goodness, we'd go out there in the ocean. It was a lot of fun, but there's no shade. I remember as a kid, and it's hot out there. 
Better have a lot of water. Nothing sugary. I don't want no sugar. Because we're out here in this world, <coughs> we're up against all the elements that there is. And the only thing that's going to save us is Christ Jesus. The only thing, only one that ever loved us was God. The sacrifice of Christ. It gives us that imputed righteousness so I don't have to count on myself. Oh my gosh, that's so great. I don't have to put all my stuff up there and count on myself for salvation. Aren't you glad? Close the book, throw it away. Exonerated through Christ, that blood. He said there will be no shame to those that believe in him. Oh, that means that all my stuff's not going to be shown to you. Because I'm going to have that blood of Christ covering my sin. I have exoneration. So will you, if you're in Christ. Verse 9, Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Faith was right. His perfection? No. His works? Well, his works came into play, but his works are because of his truth. Our works is because of our faith. See, you can't do anything without faith. You just can't. I seen a guy yesterday climbing a 100-foot wall straight up with no net in blue jeans, tennis shoes, and a T-shirt. I got pictures to prove it. No net. Guy had faith. Now, I don't have that much faith in rock. But he's up there putting the little things in there, you know, so other people can climb up there. Oh, my goodness, they're nutty. But I'm telling you, they have a faith. They have a faith in the rope. They have a faith in the rock. They have a faith in the little steel thing that they put in there. They have a faith in all that stuff and a faith that they're going to scare themselves to death, apparently. But that's a faith. Everyone has a faith of some sort. And you have different faiths and different things out here. Your job, your employers, your, your car, you drive it. The main faith is in Christ. That umbrellas everything. That way, when you're not perfect, you still have imputed righteousness. God's not looking down here with scorecard. He's looking down here with fishing pole. He's trying to draw you in. He's not trying to scorecard you. He might scorecard yourself. Might be that. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, we scorecard ourselves. We should. We need a little discipline. That's the name of the for the month is in my household. Discipline. But God's one that brings us along, you see. How then was it, uh, oh, excuse me, Verse 9, cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Well, how was it reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but before he was circumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, right? Like when we believe God, we get baptized, right? And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had. He was circumcised because of his faith. He believed God. And he was going to do what God wanted him to do, even if it was painful. 
grown man being circumcised. How does wife do that? No, thank you. See? He didn't he didn't care what it was. He's gonna do what God wanted to no matter what. No matter what. He took his son up there, he was circumcised, did all that stuff by faith. And you and I are the children of Abraham. We need to have that same kind of attitude. We're going to do everything we do by faith. And if it's not a faith, guess what? To the Christian, it's sin. I don't want to sin. Let's do it by faith. Let's walk by faith. Let's make our decisions based on our faith. Because we all, we all have the crossroads of decision every day, every week. And he received the sign of circumcision and sealed the righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. See, so you can be a, a child of Abraham by belief. You can be a child of God by belief. It's the belief. It's in the mind. Now, the body's not going to do anything that the mind doesn't tell it to do. If I'm going to rob a bank, I've been thinking about it for a minute. Hold your head up here. You know what I'm saying? I've been thinking about it. I don't just walk in and one day I'm going to write a check. Oh, yeah, I'm wrong. No, because that's not me. I'm not a bank robber, so I'm not thinking on that thing. But someone is. He said, let me do that. We think about Christ. So everything we do is under that banner that we might please the Father to emulate our Savior. You see? We want to emulate our Savior. Because He's lovingly bringing me out of my own nonsense that I might have, might mold it into Christ. Now see, we're not going to change our looks. You're all going to look like you. I'm going to look like me. That's not the molding that He's doing. He's changing our minds. He's molded our spirit. He's given us that imputed righteousness. <laughs> Last part of 11. Though they may not be circumcised, that the righteousness might be imputed to them also. That's you and I. Let me read it, the whole thing. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that's you and I, Gentiles, that the righteousness may be imputed to them also. So if you're worried about the Gentile Jew, then don't worry about that. <clears throat> he just qualified you to have righteousness imputed to you. See, we don't understand what God's given us. Because we're not looking at it. Because we're not considering it. And we don't realize the greatness of it. That he's calling us to eternal salvation and life with him. And we think the things that he's given us down here are good. And they are. And some of them are even magnificent. But this is just his handiwork that he's going to burn up one day. Verse 13, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. It wasn't through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith was made void and the promise wouldn't even be in effect. For if they which are of the law be heirs, or excuse me, because the law worketh wrath. 
But where there's no transgression, where there's no law, there's no transgression. You and I are living by law of spirit. Not the law of work, that law of life, not by the Old Testament law. Now that doesn't mean we go out here and enjoy sin, because that's not pleasing to the Father, and that's not part of the family heritage. But it does mean we're going to struggle, and we're going to fight, and we're going to try the best we can to obey the Savior and be walking the steps of the Savior. Because he loved us first. And we're willing to sacrifice because he sacrificed. He sacrificed more than we'll ever sacrifice. But if you think you're going to spiritually sacrifice something, that's a good thing. Because that's what we're called to. We're called to, to change ourselves to the mold of God, to the mold of Christ. And it's a higher calling. And so I can never achieve it by myself. I can't pull myself up by the bootstrap. I can't read enough books that this world has done because the Spirit of God comes in you when you read it. And it's more profound than any book you've ever read out there. books can't educate you with the Spirit of God. His Word does. <clears throat> For if they which are of the law be heirs, then... Faith is made void, and the promise made none effect, because the law worketh wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. That's where we're at. Therefore it is of faith, that it might be by grace to the end, that the promise might be sure to all of the seed. What seed? Those that have faith. And not only to those of which are of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, which is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So we're, we're dealing with the creator here. The Alpha and the Omega. We're living in his time frame. He's already been there and he's already here. He put a little space of time in here. We're living in that little space. He's controlling all this stuff down here, you see, that he might win souls. But it's a voluntary thing. You have to volunteer it yourself. It's not a mandatory thing. You know, I mean, it is from ahead of it. But it's not a mandatory thing like that. It's something that you desire, that you want. It's, it's something that you voluntarily do following Christ. It's a desire. That has, that's why a lot of people never come to the Lord. He's talking this morning about about family members that we have that can't see the richness of God. Well, they've got to first have some experience in life, something that makes them look up, something that gets that little spark going. Because there's a lot of people, and they know who Christ is, they know about God, they've even read Scripture, and they got no spark within them to be a Christian. In fact, they get bitter. And they get to where they don't understand anything. Because he says, the more you have, the more he'll give you. The less he has, the more he'll take away. If you don't love the truth. And so people get involved trying to show God their goodness and how they don't need his imputed righteousness because they're going to be good. And they're going to do things. And they're going to change the world. That's great. I appreciate those people. But they don't have the imputed righteousness of God by faith. And that's a problem when it comes to eternal life. 
who against hope believe in hope. That's where Abraham was. That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so thy seed shall be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. He wasn't weak in faith. You see, he grew in that faith to where he was mature. He believed God. He considered his body, uh, not his own body now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. They were older folks. He's, now look at this verse 20. I love this verse 20. Look at this. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He staggered not. You know what a stagger is? That's a stagger. Kind of trip. Stagger along. This is a walk. I'm not going to try to show you a run. You're too fat. But you know what I'm saying. Verse 20 says, He staggered not. In other words, he walked. He believed. He put every one of his foot, feet out there carefully to walk off because he wasn't going to stagger. He staggered not at the promise of God. He didn't doubt God. He didn't doubt God. Now, this is something you've got to give to yourself to where you don't doubt God. When He's leading you away from the world, when He's leading you away from the trinkets, when He's leading you away from the things that are separating you from Him, you got don't doubt Him. Don't doubt Him. Follow Him. Leave the things behind. Leave the spiritual things behind, the physical things behind, whatever it is, because there's nothing more important in your soul. You can't even buy it yourself. Christ purchased it. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. This is prior to it happening. Prior to it happening. He's given glory to God. He believed God so strongly that he was praising and giving glory to God before it ever happened. Are you doing that? Are you praising and giving glory to God for your salvation before you're in heaven? Because you know we have salvation today. It's not something we're waiting to get. We've already got it. It's just the problem with many people in religion. They think that they're going to do good now, and then someday be good enough that they might impress God enough that when they die, they might be able to get some salvation. Well, how it works. You're not going to impress God for being good enough. And just going to do it. Because he was impressed. He said, this is my beloved son. Here be him. That's what he said. And so it's in his son that we find favor. Not in our goodness. My goodness will come when I have strength of faith. When I have strength of faith, I'll be able to say no to the trinkets out here in the world that are calling me. Because when I have strength and faith, then I'm looking to God for all my sustenance. Everything I have, I'm looking to God. And then I'm walking. Then I'm walking down that road. Not looking to myself even. Because I'll let myself down. I like the fact that this guy didn't stagger at the promise of God even though he's old. I'll tell you. It's hard for us sometimes, isn't it, when we read God's promises. We stagger at them a little bit. We doubt them a little bit. Because we know how weak and beggarly we really are. And we think, how could God save me, this worm down here that can't even have any discipline or anything? Love. 
Sacrificial love. He wanted you, he wanted me, or he wouldn't have created this whole universe the way he did. Many people don't listen to him. That's their deal. You and I are here. I want us to listen even more intently. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded. I love that. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised God, he was able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. His fully persuaded was imputed. That's belief. Are you fully persuaded? I remember a time when I wasn't fully persuaded. I sat here in the pew, just like you, not fully persuaded. But after a while, he persuaded me. One thing I learned when I was a young person, whether I'm doing good or not, come to church. Because after a while, he'll do one of two things. He'll either run you out or he'll bring you in. Luckily, he was kind enough to tell me in his word that he loved me. And he brought me in, although I got a lot of problems. I still got a lot of problems. And I'll have problems this next week and the week after that. And next year, probably, 2022, I'll still have some problems. So if you're looking at me, don't Look at Christ. The people will let you down. We're just brothers and sisters in Christ. I just have to be dumb enough to stand up here. You know? Because we're all on the same journey. It's a spiritual journey. Just because I stand up here, Christ's not going to give me any more favor than he has you. You know that? The preacher don't get any more favor. In fact, he says that uh, he looks harder on us. No, you've got the most favor you can ever get right here in Christ. There's no one's got more favor than you do. Christ himself, that's it. We're not worshiping Moses, Noah, or any of them other people. Any of the heroes, we don't worship them people. They're just like you and I. God's calling us to the most excellent thing. Verse 21 again, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform, and therefore, because of that, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. Now, I want you to see this. Written for us. You and I, we might see this. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. So it's still belief in God that he raised Christ. If you don't have that belief, you don't have the imputed righteousness. Because that's what it's all about. When we are baptized, we believe that Christ is the Son of God. Believing Christ is the Son of God is saying what? Saying, I believe you resurrected from the dead and he ascended to heaven and life, just like it says in the Bible. Now, when he did that, what did he do? He cut off the Old Testament and acted the New Testament. We're now under the new spiritual law. He paid for sin. That day he paid. The innocent. He didn't deserve to die. He did nothing deserving of that at all. He was totally 100% innocent. And he died my stead. Died your stead. That God might impute righteousness to us that believe like Abraham. Not my works. My works weren't perfect last week. 
But I have imputed righteousness because I'm not walking in sin. I don't desire sin and I'm not sitting there thinking about sin. So even though I didn't walk perfectly, I have imputed righteousness. Now those things that I didn't do perfect, I'm going to work on those things. And the things that I did well, I'm going to try to even bolster them up more in my spiritual life. But before God, as weak and, and, and imbalanced as I am, or whatever you want to call it, you still have imputed righteousness. It's by faith, not by my works. But my works does show my faith, does it not? Verse 24, but also, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. Now look at the word shall be there. That is again legal language. When we have words like will be and shall be, these are languages that are promises. Shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. We're justified. Justified never sinned. Imputed righteousness. Now you all looking at me because you know I'm a sinner. You're thinking, man, how can you say that stuff? That's right. As a person, I can't. And you can, you can impute me with sin all you want because I have sinned. But before God, I'm got imputed righteousness. And I'm doing everything I can so that I walk blameless so that you can't condemn me either. Because I want to be right before my father. That also means being right before men, doesn't it? I can't walk around up here and act like a crazy person, throw stuff at you, take my clothes off, and you expect me to be a righteous person. See? You expect me to do certain things, behave myself. That's what we do. And so we learn this from God. Okay, we're out of time. We got through that. I have other verses, but we're not going to go and take a look at it today. We will look at them another day. But I want us to see that we have the hope of Christ in our daily life. Every day that we live, we are sanctified unto God. We have this imputed righteousness. We have salvation secured. We have these things for our hope. So that when the devil comes at us, and he will, that we have a faith stronger than his temptations. That we have a faith in a God that loves us. And a Savior that's redeemed us. And a Holy Spirit that tells us the truth. And we worship God through His Son. Being baptized into Christ. If you're not, we'd love to get you baptized. Because it's that starting of that walk. That's where our birth begins. And then we have a desire to walk towards God. We don't know how to do it. He tells us. He shows us. You're not going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And you're not going to be better tomorrow and earn salvation. Salvation is already yours if you're walking in the Lord. Just have confidence in that and grow your faith so that everything you do is based on the faith you have in Christ Jesus. Let's stand and sing our closing song. Thank you for listening to me. I appreciate your attention.